Are you awake? My name is Joe. I'm on staff here at Pleasant Valley. Very grateful to uh, be part of your family and the staff uh, here. Uh, God is doing some amazing things in some crazy times, and uh, I just love that I get to be a little part of that. Um, And Minnesota Teen and Adult Challenge sees the miracles every day uh, through the power of Jesus Christ. And so uh, thank you. Thank you for being here. I'm going to be uh, looking at a passage in Luke chapter 2. We're going to take a little bit of a break from Luke chapter 7. We'll pick that up. Um, I don't know if Carl is, he's going to preach next week. I don't know where he's going to be. So, uh, but sometime we'll get back to Luke 7. But today it's going to be, we're we're really going to talk about Christmas. Is that all right? Merry Christmas to you. Are you guys here? Come on. Get some Minnesota blood going out there. What is there we go. All right, all right. Mary, was that Santa? Yeah. yeah. Um, I want you to look with me at Luke chapter 2, beginning at, I'm just going to read two verses, 13 and 14. Luke chapter 2, 13. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to, glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. Let's pray. Lord, um, boy, it would be awesome if we could just be transferred back to that moment out in those hills outside of Bethlehem and be able to experience Uh, that moment, Uh, that moment really that was announcing that everything was going to change from that moment on, on planet Earth. And we give you praise, Lord, that uh, 2,000 years later, you're still alive and well. The power of Christ is still so evident, even in the midst of evil and divisiveness and uh, all those things that we try to uh, ruin your plans, uh, you continue to march on. Uh, you continue to be a God that is alive and well. You, t- you continue to be a God that puts hope in human hearts. Uh, you're a God that continues to call us to higher ground. And so we're grateful for that. We're grateful for Christmas and what we celebrate. I pray, Father, that you would, by your Holy Spirit, build even more uh, today our faith I pray, Lord, that uh, like Paul prayed in 1 Corinthians 2, that our faith would not be founded upon the persuasion of human beings or upon humanity, uh, but that it would be established on the power of God. That's what we need. We need the power of God. Uh, There's no other way forward. And so, Lord, would you have your way in our hearts today in the name of Christ. Amen. All right, you ready to go? All right, here we go. Here we go. Um, Christianity is kind of seen different than it's intended to be seen in the United States of America. You see, when we think about faith, when we think about our religious system, when we think about Christianity, we think in terms of philosophical ideas. We think in terms of theology, what's true about God, what he says about us. 
right? We, we think about uh, things like ideals or ideas. And I want to tell you today that when Jesus Christ says these, these different parables that we, I'm not going to focus on, but I just want to introduce again to us, the kingdom of heaven is like, he'll use these analogies like yeast. It's a little bit. But boy, when it gets working, it overtakes everything. Kingdom of God is um, like a little seed that is planted, and, and it looks so incredibly weak. But when it grows, oh my goodness. Save us, please, from a Jesus that is just about ideas. <laughs> Save us uh, from a Jesus that's just about cultural thoughts or even about theological premise. Save us from that kind of Jesus. <laughs> you see, because Jesus uh, in the word of God came not in word only, but in, do you know what the next word is? But in power. You know, the apostle Paul, a couple of times in 1 Corinthians chapter, or in 1 Corinthians, first of all, in chapter 2, he says, I did not come to you with this high wisdom, all these great ideas. I didn't come with really cute philosophy made and, and discovered somehow with human intellect. I didn't come that way. Jesus saw Paul coming not with those things. So that, like I, in, I, in my prayer, so that your faith and my faith would not rest on human persuasion, but on the power of God. Uh, Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, the kingdom of God is not a matter of word, but of, how did you know that? <laughs> right? The kingdom of God, is, it, it, it's not just a set of ideas that we kind of pick from. I like that about God and what he says, but I don't really like that. So, and you know what? They're just ideas anyway. No, they're not. The kingdom of God is not a matter of word. It's a matter of power. <clears throat> so, I mean, when we see what we get to kind of read and look at in like a passage like Luke chapter 2, verses 13 and 14, we have a different idea about Christianity. We have a different idea about why Christ came, how Christ came. And I want to, hopefully I want to, hopefully I can, I'm just going to tell you, I want to deconstruct some of what we think about when we think about Bethlehem some about, oh, little town of Bethlehem need to be, they're true, but, but it's not the essence. A way in a, in a manger is true, but it's not the essence of Christianity. Are you following me at all? <coughs> Wonderful song. My favorite song is, oh, little town of Bethlehem, and, da and, and Daniel knew that because Daniel and I grew up in the same church. We're, we're almost twins. And so I remember back in Hastings, I would, on Christmas Eve, I would say, man, we, we got we to gotta sing old. So Pastor Glenn, Daniel's dad, he would, he would play Old Little Town of Bethlehem. I just love it, right? 
<clears throat> great theology in a little town of Bethlehem. But that's not the essence of Christianity. <laughs> it's not an idea that you can either yeah, take a little bit or leave it a little bit. It's either the it's either the whole Jesus Christ that you're going to take, who he says he is, not who what we think he ought to be like or what we think he says. It's really about power. And so in this Luke passage, when it says, and suddenly, you know, suddenly, it's really not talking about Okay, now there's going to be some words said. Now suddenly some words came. <laughs> That's not what the text says. Suddenly it got really bright and really loud <laughs> on planet Earth. Do, 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 you, do you feel the emotion of this moment? Do, do you, is your... Is your intellect at least enticed a little bit to think maybe outside of the box? This is so, these are such familiar words in Luke 2, right? We have to be careful uh, because we oftentimes think and, 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 and discern life through the grid of ideas or philosophies or things we do or don't like that we conclude. But oftentimes we do not really understand and get to enjoy the absolute, and I would say violent power of what happened on that evening in Bethlehem. A violent thing happened on planet Earth. It was an act of war as much as it was an act of love. Are you, do you feel that? It was an act of war. Jesus did not come to play philosopher. He did not come to be just another good prophet hanging out in Jerusalem. He came with power. Why did he come with power? Because you and I need power. We don't need an idea. I don't need just an idea, another idea. I don't need a self-help. I need a complete remodel in this. And it's violent to my flesh. What I read in Scripture is violent to my selfishness. Are you following me? Well, I thought we were going to be doing Merry Christmas today, Joe. <laughs> See, I didn't preach since November 3rd, and I'm really... kingdom of God is not a matter of word. If it's not a matter of power, it's nothing at all. You hear me on this? You need power. Anybody got trouble in your life? Anybody got a loved one that just ain't getting it? Anybody got a, got a relative, a friend, a co-worker that is underneath some addiction or underneath something that is just wanting to take out, that is taking out their life? Anybody? You don't need an idea to help your friend. You need a power. And that power came in Bethlehem and it's shouted. It's given bright light. It's given heavenly light. 
It's, it comes with power, right? And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of these heavenly hosts. A multitude of heavenly hosts. That's a lot. That's a lot of unusual experience on the planet. A display of incredible power. A display of great hope for the human race who is subject to such evil and such destruction. And and you probably, some of you already know that in your own personal experience. I once was this way, but Christ moved in, and now I'm this completely different human being. Right? That did not come just because you, you believed an idea. It came because a power came. It came because you and I needed a power to overcome our selfishness, our sinfulness, the evil in this world, the pain, the blame, and the shame and the guilt. We, you cannot get those things up and out of your life through an idea. It will not happen. What did the Apostle Paul say in Romans chapter 1, verse 16? Those of you that have memorized Scripture... For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of God. It is the idea of God, right? Is that what the text says? It's the power of God. Are you ashamed of the power of God? I hope not. In my own heart, I don't need just another philosophy to kind of rearrange things, rearrange the furniture in my, in my being. I need the whole dang thing removed and rebuilt. I need a power way greater than myself. One of the reasons I just have enjoyed greatly in the last 35 years uh, working with people that struggle with addictions is because addicts know this. (laughs) An idea is not going to help me right now. I need a, my life is so unmanageable. The first step, I admit that I am powerless over this thing and and that my life has become unmanageable. You see, Jesus can work with that. And I need to recognize that God is not only willing, but God is available and able and wants to help me. That's the second step in a 12-step program. This is what's going on at Minnesota Teen and Adult Challenge every day. These folks mean business because if they do not get their act together, they do not get to be a parent of their kids. That's big, would you say? They don't need an idea. They need a transformation, right? This is, this is what the Bible is about. It's, it's not about ideas. There are ideas, good ideas. Don't, don't hear me say that it's not about theology, all right? The, theology has its place. 
understand rightly dividing God's word has its place. We want to handle the word so that we're, so that we're not ashamed afterwards. We want to handle it well. Don't hear me say we don't study. Don't hear me say that we don't teach it. Don't hear me say any of that. But please do hear me. You don't just need a Bible study. <laughs> it's not going to work. You need a God who sends an angel army and announces in bright light and loud and big old letters, peace is on earth. I loved uh, Pastor Daniel preached on this passage when we were going through Luke several weeks ago, and, he, and the title of his message was God Has Landed. It's a great visual, isn't it? An idea hasn't landed. <laughs> Peace on earth has landed. And he intends to, as that little seed grows. Uh, speaking of seed, you remember in Genesis chapter 3, the curse? You saw the fall, Adam and Eve eat, the curse comes, they're ashamed, they're hiding. God comes, finds them, and announces a, a curse on the serpent, on the woman, and on the man. If you haven't read that, you probably, that, this is really important. Oh, that's an important idea to understand, <laughs> okay? Because you're wondering, why doesn't life just work? It's because of the curse. <laughs> it's because the human race snubbed, flipped off, rebelled the God of heaven, the creator of heaven and earth. God comes back and he finds and he announces the curse. And the curse we, we learn there in Genesis chapter 3, 14 and 15, the curse to the serpent who came and enticed Adam and Eve to sin. The curse on the serpent was you're going you're gonna to crawl on your belly and eat dust the rest of your life. And there's always going to be enmity. There's always going to be division and, and war between you and the offspring of this woman. You're going to always be at war. And there will be a time that in the seed of this woman will come one who will crush your sad soul. You might be able to nip him on the heel. <laughs> but there's a power coming on earth that's going to crush him. This, you want to live in an idea? This is, this, this is a good idea to start living in. <laughs> You need somebody to crush the enemy. You need someone to crush your sinful nature. You need someone to crush the ideas and the powers of this world. Huh? Because they're wreaking havoc on your soul and everybody's soul and your family and all those loved ones around you. You and I need a power far greater than ourselves. Don't forget, we're still on Merry Christmas, okay? <laughs> I love you like crazy. And that's why I want to talk about this stuff. You need a power. Right? And the power is in the seat of, of that woman who down through history, finally at some point at the perfect time, Galatians 4 says, at the perfect time, gave birth to a son. The power of God. Not an idea of God, right? 
Not a philosophy of God. Not a bunch of theological premises of God. The power of God came to, human, to the human race, to the planet Earth. And at that moment, wouldn't you have liked to have been in the headquarters of the dominion of darkness on this night? Hell, we have a problem, right? <laughs> huh? They're like, oh, no, 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 no. No, 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 right? I mean, they're like flipping and flopping. They don't know what to do. Did not see this coming. What are we going to do now? And you know what they've been doing. <laughs> they've been enticing and accusing. They've been threatening and want you to, to live in fear and live under condemnation, right? Even when you know you haven't done anything wrong, what is that that's going on in me? Like, I just don't feel like I'm worth it. Where does that come from? The enemy. He does not want you to think that you're worth it. And God is saying in, in Luke chapter 2, y'all are worth it. And I'm not going to come just with a word. I'm going to come in power. And it's going to be announced. <laughs> it's going to be loud and bright when this seed comes. Now, when I, uh, a friend of mine, that uh, these are at, in this little bottle here. You see that? No, no, you can't. Good. Um, little bottle. This is actually a bottle filled with mustard seeds. This is about a parable. And that if you have trust in God that is like a mustard seed, there's probably about 100 mustard seeds in this little bottle. So you can kind of get an idea how little they are. If you have faith like a little tiny mustard, and then the key word is seed. <laughs> you see, when that seed meets some concrete in its seed stage, the concrete's like, ah, I got you. But you just give that seed. You just give that seed some time. Right? Have you ever seen sidewalks? Boop. That came from a seed. Crack. Power. It's, it's no match for the seed. God knows this. And that's why he comes with the power of the gospel message to your heart and my heart. And he announces it loudly, clearly. There's going to be peace on earth from this moment on because this peace has in it the power of this seed. And so the kingdom of God is not a matter of word. It's a matter of um, just take a little bit of a, could we do a, I know this is Minnesota and we don't like interaction. <laughs> just thank you very much. I'd like to be passive and aggressive. <laughs> How many of you say that there's trouble on planet earth today? Wow. Your shoulders are not broken. I mean, you actually can, you got muscles in those. You can actually move. Just wondered. There's trouble. Would you say? 
These things, Jesus says, I've spoken to you right the night that he was arrested. These things, the last thing he says before he's arrested. These things I have spoken to you that in me you might have. Uh, it's peace. Yeah, I know you thought it was going to be power, didn't you? Say, <laughs> goofing with you. These things I've spoken to you so that in me you might have peace. In this world you have trouble, but take heart. Take courage. Be strong because I have overcome the world. You see, because the seed grew up. The peace on earth grew up. Didn't he? Oh! I, I have my, I have a, <laughs> I've never used this, but I, I, I have a degree in agricultural economics. <laughs> Crazier, I have a minor in soil science or turf management. <laughs> you know how important soil is to the Bible, Bible though? In just a little square foot of soil, do you know the power? When you get down in there and you discover the power in just a square foot of soil and how many microorganisms, how many, how many little things are just happening in, in organic matter that's just, it just in a, and you put a seed in there? The seed gets all happy, Right? It grows. I hope you're experiencing that in your relationship with God. I hope you're not just experiencing, boy, I got her figured out now in an intellectual way. I, my theology is solid. My life sucks. <laughs> huh? But I know how to tell other people what they ought to think. Right? God has a wonderful plan for your life, and so do I. <laughs> I can tell other people. How about you? Is the seed of God, the power of God, getting its way in your life? More and more every day. Because it's not about words. <laughs> It's about life transformation. It's about you understanding more and more your identity as a follower of Jesus Christ. It's about your character, who you are as a human being, that God wants to move into your life and transform you, change you, use you, reflect his glory to a very dark world. This is what Christmas is about, y'all. It's about life change. Christmas is, is way more about power than it is about words. We, I love to sing. I love the worship. I love all that. I, I love, I'm like Daniel. It's a great holiday. It's warm. It's wonderful. You get to hang with some people when it's not a pandemic. So right now you're just dreaming about hanging with people. I think... I think I still have a family extended. Um, haven't seen them, um, right? It's crazy in a pandemic, but nothing, nothing important has changed. Can I have an amen? amen? Nothing important ever changes on planet Earth because peace is on Earth. 
And peace, y'all, peace grew up. The curse is being reversed. Amen? Amen. Right? Right? And the curse needed a power to come against it, not an idea. So peace grew up. Mercy and grace and forgiveness and love, joy, they all grew up and became powerful. You have an option with Jesus Christ on board. You don't have to take it anymore. Today, you, could, you might have drug into this room some addiction or something that just continues to make you absolutely discouraged, and everybody in your life knows it. They see it on your countenance, but today you can leave with a great hope and a great peace and a great joy resident in the center of your heart, not because you've just intellectually, intellectually understood and agreed with it, because there's a power in you that's changing you. You can leave with a power today. If you're at home and listening to this, you can have power today to change. You're not going to necessarily be able to change your environment, but God wants to move in and change your heart. Anybody need this? Okay, let me ask that a different way. Anybody that you know need this? <laughs> huh? <laughs> right? I know we got distance, right? Social distance, right? Right? Everybody else needs this for sure, Joe, right? <laughs> Everybody else needs this. Amen, Joe. Can we go home now? Because the bears are about ready to take on the Vikings. Hmm? Talk about some power. <laughs> Peace grew up. The seed grew up. This is a big deal that happened in Luke chapter 2. As we see this, it's a big deal that happened on planet Earth that day. Everything changed. A violent War started that moment for your soul and for my soul, for the soul of the human race. Peace went to the cross for your peace. See, Jesus did not come because he needed peace. <laughs> Right? Huh? Jesus did not. Jesus was fine. Can you imagine the conversation between the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit? Do I really need to go? We're fine. But out of obedience to you, Father, out of our mutual submission to one another, out of our absolute love for the human race, I will choose to go to the human race. I will become a human being. I will be a seed in the womb of a woman. And I will be given birth. And I will grow up and increase in stature. And I will find favor with God. And I will find favor with other human beings. I'm going to do it, God. And I'm going to go and I'm going to be obedient to you. Because they need peace. Right now, all they have is chaos and war. That's their only option. But if I go, 
in power, every human being will have a choice to make, an option to experience peace. So when Jesus Christ died on that cross, cross, he died for your peace. The, the, the New Testament concept of peace, come, so the, the word here in the, in the 13th, uh, 14th verse, peace on earth, this, this word earth in, in the noun form, it means joining. When you turn it into a, and when it's used in the verb form, it means to join in harmony. If you are a peacemaker, your aim is to help other people join in harmony. Because your heart aches because of the division between maybe a husband and wife or a child and a, and a, and a parent or between co-workers, right? And so your heart is, and because the, 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 the Lord lives in you and is dwelling in you and has given you peace that no one can take from you, he is calling you to be a peacemaker in your realm of influence. You have a, you not only were given peace for your own soul, you've been given a purpose and a mission, the mission of reconciliation, which means the, the word reconciliation in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 basically means to mutually submit to one another. Well, I thought I, thought I was right and they were wrong, and we needed to re- they needed to reconcile with me. <laughs> no. If the gospel doesn't teach us anything else, the gospel teaches us that we are in absolute need of God to come in and transform our life at every point, and that we at every point are wrong all by ourselves. Amen. Right? We're wrong. So the, the first step in really being a peacemaker is to say, hey, look, I got some things to learn from you. And I care about our connection. I know it's been broken. Can we get into a time of mutually submitting to one another so that we can come and actually be joined back together as friends? How, how, come, how come people don't do this? They're waiting for everybody else to do it. I'll guarantee you that, right? Huh? It's because they haven't truly experienced the peace of God that surpasses human understanding, that's guarding their heart and their mind in Christ Jesus. Instead of being fearful and anxious through prayer with thanksgiving, the peace of God wants to guard your heart and your minds in Christ Jesus. And when a person experiences the protection of God in their heart, in their head, and in their heart, they're like, Oh my goodness, I'm free to do, actually do this work of peacemaking, which is incredibly hard and incredibly scary. Anybody ever try to go and help uh, someone in conflict? I mean, you, I mean, that's a Christmas gift, isn't it? Like, I can't wait to find another conflict under the tree to open <laughs> and get after that. I hope I get a bunch of them, Jesus. Right? No, it's hard work. And oftentimes it doesn't work. Ask God. God is living for you to be at peace with him. Are you? Is planet Earth at peace with God? Is, is the majority of population in the United States at peace with God? 
God wants to so shine on your face to reflect his glory to a world that needs to see the peace and the joy that surpasses human understanding. And, and by the way, you cannot get after this because you've read some help, self-help book and are really working hard with your own, own, on, on your own stuff. You, you cannot do this apart from Christ and his power. Can we establish that at Christmas? The, the gift, maybe the first gift that you need to give to him is like, uh, sorry. <laughs> sorry for messing it up so often. And I just want to tell you I need you. I'm apt to get way out in front of you. I'm apt to stay way behind you. Lord, I, I rarely am walking in lockstep with you. So peace went to the cross. Peace made a public mockery of the peace taker. I love that. Right? Because peace grew up. Peace went to the cross. And it says in Colossians chapter uh, 2 that Jesus Christ on the cross made a mockery of Satan. Man. All right, we, we like this, like when our team, like just absolutely kind of stuffs the other team. We're like, yeah! anybody ever done that? Like, yes, I hate those Vikings, right? Yeah, Packer fans back there with me. Okay, we got a few. Okay, Bears fan up here, hate the Vikings. Can I have an amen? We got an amen here. No, okay, sorry. Okay, sorry. sorry. This is why we do the ministry of reconciliation, <laughs> right? So we get so excited, don't we? When our team just like snuffs the other team, right? Face, right? I mean, all that stuff. How about this on the cross? This was like a total poke in both of Satan's eyes, in his ears, in his belly. He was like done, <laughs> And God Almighty, through Jesus Christ, made a mockery of Satan on the cross. Ooh! Peace rose from the grave, defeating death and a great divide. I'm going to end on this story. Would you put a picture of my wife up here? Do you have that back there, Ken? So my wife's love language is blueberry pancakes. And so we're in Memphis, Tennessee here about three years ago. And um, it's a restaurant called Bryant's Cafe. And in Bryant's Cafe, there's um, ceiling to floor windows on two sides of it. And Mary Beth is sitting in the corner. And right to her right, there is a little um, ledge outside that you can set at a stool, right? And it's kind of it's freaky because people are sitting there, you know, looking at you eat. But it's packed, right? And so um, all of a sudden, just a few minutes after this picture was taken, I just see my wife's eyes just fill with tears. And, um, and, she's, and she's, she says, I'll, I'll, I'll talk to you a little bit later, right? And so um, later on, she says, well, Joe, this is what happened. I, I was sitting there and out of my eye, I see the silhouette of a man and he had the exact silhouette of my daddy who had died in 2008. 
See, Mary Beth lost her biological mom when she was three, so daddy is all she had. Daddy died, that was hard. So here's this man, and, and grandpa always smoked camel filterless cigarettes. He was a dude, man, right? And this guy is smoking a cigarette, same silhouette, same kind of build. Just Mary Beth is just like, thank you, Jesus. Um, I miss him so much. Um, I, just, I just wish I could be together with him again. And so the concept of peace is inside of every human heart. You just want to be together. And that's what peace is all about. And every human heart wants it. This is a, this is a universal language. And my Mary Beth just wanted one more conversation with Dad. Missed him so much. And I saw peace at work. You see, because when Christ died on that cross, he filled in the chasm, the great divide between life and death. Isn't that beautiful? And we needed a power to come to the planet Earth that could actually bridge that chasm, right? We didn't need a philosophy that would not have done it, right? We need a power that can conquer death. And if death is conquered, every other fear is conquered for the human that trusts in Jesus Christ. Can I have an amen? amen. Right? There's no fear. And so, Daniel, if you come on up, Sue, we're going to um, sing a song, and it, it's, it's a great reflective song um, that, did you guys go home? Where? Oh, there you are. Okay. <laughs> um, it's just a great song for worship. And, you know, the, the thing that God wants more than anything in your life is you to be at peace with him, first of all. So during this song, maybe it's your time. Maybe, you know, you hear your heart and you know God wants a relationship with you and you've been in some ways pushing him away and maybe today is your day. You just want to truly sing this song to him and say, thank you, Lord. I want you to be my Lord. I want you to be my Savior. And so we're gonna, the lights are going to go down here a little bit. And, and you're going to have an opportunity just to be there and, and maybe do some business. Maybe, maybe you know you've not been experiencing the peace of God in your own being. You, you, you're, you're more apt to be at chaos within your soul. Or maybe you have some, some things that you just need to make right before the Lord today and recommit yourself to being a peacemaker. Lord, I really want to... This is what the world needs. I don't need another Christian to argue them into the kingdom. They need a, another Christian to peace them in to the kingdom of God, to love them, to joy them in. And so when we sing this song, you can sit there, you can do some of your own conversation with the Lord, but maybe at some point in time, you just you want to stand, you want to sing and um, kind of express your heart to the Lord. Okay, so deal?
All right.